That's why I thank God for this show. Because if you just listen to all of the other uh, news mediums, I mean, you might lose faith in man, humankind. But a show like this, we're doing faith talk. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. amen. Amen. And so yes. when we're having faith talk, I believe that the solutions from the Lord can rise up and we can begin to understand, okay, what are some things that we can do as believers? Because we can't solve all of the world's problems. And here's some, I don't know if it's bad news. I don't know how you look at it, but I don't want to burst in anybody's bubble. But darkness will continue. We are not in heaven. We are on earth. Hi, and welcome to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Pleasure, friend, to have you stop by and visit with us and our guests. We always have a great opportunity to visit with people who are making a difference for the kingdom of God in our city. And that's what we like to highlight when we do this show. And there's such a variety of ways that we do that, talk about different topics. I think something that's on the heart of many of us right now are difficult times. How do we as Christians face difficult times that we're living in. Well, I've invited a longtime friend of mine. It's been a while since we've been together. Pastor Melvin Watkins from Mount Vernon Baptist Church, Westwood. He's the senior pastor. Yes. Melvin, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. And it's just a pleasure to be here, man. It's just so good to see you and just to be in, you know, just to be fellowshipping with you today. So I'm honored uh, to be here. Now, I know through Christ we are related. That's right. We're brothers in Christ. We are brothers in Christ. And we're going to be spending eternity together. Man, we are synced by the blood of Jesus. We <laughs> yeah, are we are we we are brothers from the same father. Amen. And, and, you know, we hear the phrase brother from another mother. That's right. We are brothers from the same father. <laughs> Amen. 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 Our heavenly father created you, created me in the same blood, and we just thank God. You my brother, man. Amen. Amen. And I'm just glad to be here. And I uh, pray that you're doing well and your family's doing yes. well and your audience, your listening viewpoint audience, I thank God for them. Thank you, my friend. Yes. I was just reading uh, last night in Colossians and we were talking about that in Christ there's this new man. Yes. There's neither Jew nor Greek or barbarian. You know, it's in Christ. Right. We are one in Christ. One in Christ. That's right. But, you know, something I thought was interesting. I just realized that your wife's maiden name is Tyler. Tyler. That's right. So I was thinking, is there any way that— Y'all are related some kind of way. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but you share the same name. Share name. Amen. I changed her name. <laughs> you <laughs> did to, change to her Watkins. name. Yes, and Jesus yeah, changed yeah. our name, that's right? That's right. It's righteousness. Cha- to right. Right. Oh, to yeah. righteousness. Yes, that's and right. And that's something only he can do, right? He's the only one. He's the only one to have the power to change us, man. Yes. And I think that that's really important for us to understand that uh, Christ is the one that we are focusing on. Christ is the one that we need to turn to. And Christ is the one that we need to seek solutions from. Yes. Uh, The word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. In difficult times. Absolutely. In difficult times, yes. We were just talking before hopping on these microphones. Uh, Pastor Netter's birthday was this month. Pastor Netter's birthday was September the 10th. And I told you, you know, I said, don't start talking about Pastor Nettles because I'm going to start crying. <laughs> Pastor Nettles, you know, I was shaped by many hands, Byron. You know, my grandmother, my grandfather, Mr. Metcalf, who lived across the street from me, who showed me how to work with my hands and do other stuff. Uh, but uh, most certainly, Dr. Nettles, God used him to shape me and to mold me and to give me an opportunity to do ministry in ways that I am so appreciative. Pastor Nettles was used to build a stage of ministry. He allowed me to stand on the stage that uh, he built. Wow. And I thank God for that opportunity to serve in his footsteps. We, we talk about difficult times. I don't yeah. think there's a, a generation that doesn't face difficult times. I right. mean, we can look at 
how Pastor Netters was seasoned yes. through difficult times, yes. how he stood on God's Word right. in difficult times. Right, right. And I like the way you use seasoned because difficult times most certainly season us. And so it's not always a matter of age, but oftentimes it's a matter of things that you go through that season you for life and ministry. And Dr. Netters most certainly was uh, seasoned through uh, difficulties. Uh, he went through all sorts of things, all kinds of things, coming up through the civil rights movement and, and uh, all of the challenges that they had to face. And so certainly he was seasoned through difficult times, and we're dealing with difficult times now. Of course, in our city, most recent news, some horrific events are, right. are taking place, right. Pastor. And how do we as the church engage, though? And, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted you to come in yes. and put a, a biblical lens through yes. what we're seeing. Yes. Because we've got to be balanced. And the only way we can truly be balanced as Christians is through Scripture. Right. And I know that you've been teaching to your congregation right. at Mount Vernon these right. things recently. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted us to get together. Yes. You know, I was reading in Second Timothy 3, it says, but realize this, in the last days, difficult times will come. Difficult times, and uh, some translation says perilous times. Perilous times. Uh, difficult times, perilous times, challenging times. And so it says, realize this. In other words, don't be surprised when these things are happening because we are living in the last days. Uh, difficult times are a reality for believers, and that passage in Second Timothy is one that I just preached out of on Sunday, where it talks about uh, boasters of, uh, of self and lovers and disobedient to parents and all this stuff, violence and all these things that are taking place in our society now are not a surprise as it relates to Scripture. Yes. Uh, Jesus said that in, in these days, the last days, lawlessness will abound. Yes. And he says the love of many will grow cold, but he says those who endure to the end shall be saved. So in some way, I sense that the Scripture is teaching us to not be surprised with what's going on and to endure to the end and not be desensitized yes. uh, to the Spirit or desensitized to the Word of God, but that we will continue to trust God and to um, seek the Lord and that we don't fall back on our faith. You know, I've heard some old timers will say, you know, I wished we were living in the in the good old days. The good old days. You know, the good whatever, old days. What, what that means. Whatever that means. Whatever because, that means, yeah. you know, if you look at another portion of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 10, the verses 1 through 11, it, Paul says, I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. Yeah. And yeah. that was all for an example for us, Pastor. Yes, yes. And, you know, it's interesting. In this particular portion of Scripture, Paul's addressing their weakness and their disobedience because he mm. says all of them ate the same spiritual food. All of them drank the same spiritual water, for they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. Mm. Yet God was not pleased with most of them and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. These things happened as a warning to us so that we would not crave evil things as they did, mm -hmm. worship idols as some of them did. Yeah. And, and I'm afraid yes. that we have gotten comfortable yes. in living apart from the holiness of God, yes. and we are craving evil things as Christians. Uh, but Tyler, if I'm hearing what you're saying, and I am, I think uh, in some way we have drifted from the Lord. When you consider the scripture, you're in Corinthians, it says, Be not conformed to this world, 12 and 1 and 2, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So in some way, the world is trying to 
squeeze us into a mold. Yes. And I'm concerned, as you are, that in, and that we have drifted into this worldliness, and in the drifting into the worldliness, we have been desensitized to what the Spirit is saying, to what God is saying, and really entered into a place of uh, uh, abandoning uh, our faith. I'm not saying that we have abandoned our faith in Christ, but the fervency of our trust in the Lord in some way, we have uh, drifted from that. Yes. And I think that this is a prime opportunity for us to return to God. This is what I was teaching on Sunday. As I was talking to the congregation, I said, you know, there are several things that we need to do during times like these. And one of them is to return to God, mm-hmm. that we would return to prayer, that we would return to seeking the Lord, that we would return to faith, that we would return to God, that we would return to get this word evangelism. Mm. <laughs> you don't hear that a whole lot. These, no, you you know, don't but know, no. We will return to discipleship and growing and trusting and imparting our faith into the life of our children. Yes. That we would return to God and we can't be so caught up with other things. Yes. That we forget about God. That we're so concerned with being entertained. We're so concerned with being rich. We're concerned with this, that, and yes. the other. Yes. But I hear the Lord saying, Return to me. Yes. And, you know, we have these these wake-up calls or these alarm clocks. Wake-up call. Yeah. And, yeah. and these alarm clocks that go off like COVID, the pandemic that hit us and just shook the world. Yeah. And I'm wondering, it's times like this, you know, we need to be drawing closer to God, right? We need to be drawing and, and, closer and, to and God. And hearing, you know, when we, when we pray, and we need to be praying for mm. our city. And right now, in light of a lot of things that have been happening in our city and continue to happen in our city, the right. violence— the unrest and right. the, the fear. We need to pray for our city. Right. But isn't prayer a two-way conversation that we need to tell God our heart, but also we need to listen to what God's saying to us and be obedient to what he's saying to Absolutely. us? Absolutely. We need to be listening more than we're talking. So oftentimes in prayer, we sound like we're telling God what to do. Uh, God yeah. already knows what to do. Yeah. And so we need to uh, re- not so much remind God, but we need to proclaim God's word in prayer. And then we need to spend time listening Uh, to the Lord because God has solutions and you're exactly right. Prayer is a dialogue, but in the dialogue we should do more listening than talking. Wow. Uh, because, you know, God has the answers. We yes. don't have the answers. We yeah. have the questions. Yes. And once we lay our concern before the Lord, we need to walk quietly and listen. Uh, to the ways God might speak to us through his Holy Spirit yes. and through a variety of other ways. Yeah. You know, the Lord will speak to us through his word. Yes. Uh, the Lord will speak to us even in this con- conversation. Yes. We have to get in what I call faith talk with yeah. other believers yeah. and allow God to reveal and confirm the solutions that he has oh, I love that. Uh, for us. And so uh, that's why I thank God for this show, because if you just listen to all of the other uh, news mediums, I mean, you might lose faith in man humankind but a show like this we're doing faith talk and you know <laughs> yeah amen amen and so yes. when we're having faith talk i believe that the solutions from the lord can rise up and we can begin to understand okay what are some things that we can do as believers because we can't solve all of the world's problems and here's some i don't know if it's bad news i don't know how you look at it but i don't want to burst anybody's bubble but darkness will continue we are not in heaven we are on earth yes and we are living uh, in a situation where sin is rampant yeah. and darkness is abounding. But we are, Jesus says, we are the light of the world. And so as we have this faith talk with one another, as we're praying and seeking God, the Lord will give us solutions on how we can continue to shine that bright light 
in this dark world. Our hearts are heavy. Yes, We're yes, weeping. Yes. We're yes. pounding the table with all of the violence that's taking place in our land. But God has something to say to us during times like these. He has something for us to do. We must persist in prayer. It's like you said. Prayer is a dialogue. We must persist in prayer because if you look around, man, it's real easy to say you can kind of uh, lose your fervency in prayer. Yes. But we must persist in prayer. Continue to pray. Say a prayer for your family. Say a prayer for the city. Say a prayer for yourself. Say a prayer to, for your neighbor. Yeah. Say a prayer for your coworker. Yes. Don't fall back in prayer. Yeah. Persist in prayer. Yeah. And somebody listen to us right now, Brother Tyler. You're working in a situation where everybody is just maybe panicking and saying this and that and that, but God has called you to be a prayer warrior. Amen. Amen. And so you yes. have an opportunity to persist in prayer. And that word persist, I think, is so critical, Pastor, because yes. so often when we pray a prayer and we don't see God give immediate attention to that or answer that prayer like we think he should answer mm -hmm. that then you know then we give up or we start we getting carnal up. and we get fleshly and we say well god's not hearing my prayer does god even care you know i think about this the example in scripture it says that persistent widow yeah she kept going back she to the kept judge. going back she didn't stop <laughs> and so god answers all prayer the lord does not grant all requests i mean if you think the lord is uh going to tell you give you everything you ask for no, no, no. He's not going to give you everything he asked for because sometimes we ask amiss. Yes. As the scripture said, we yes. don't we don't understand the full parameters of what we're asking for. But God answers every prayer. And uh, like that widow, we must persist. God answers every prayer. But we must persist in prayer. During times like these, as we're praying for the peace of yes. our city, and we're praying for God to allow us to continue to shine the light of the gospel yes. and see a change in the hearts of uh, whether our parishioners or our community, we, we're seeking God for a change. We cannot do it without the power of prayer. Hmm. And so whatever way you pray, if you're praying in the spirit, if you're proclaiming, if you're silent, whatever it is, don't stop praying. Because prayer does change things. It does. And so just because things don't happen when you want them to happen, it does not mean that they won't ever happen. Yeah. A delay, and I know this may be cliche, but a delay is not a denial. Uh, when God allows us to wait, it's for a purpose, yeah. to purge us, yeah. to prune us, yeah. to prepare us. Yeah. And so we continue to pray and wait and allow God to do what only God can do. But we must persist in prayer. Don't lose faith in prayer. Yes. You know, and so sometimes people may say that's an oversimplification of the problems that we face. It's very easy to say, well, let's pray. Yeah, I'm going to say let's pray because I believe that there's power in prayer. And when you talk about prayer does change things, yeah. I think the most important thing is that it changes us. It changes us. Prayer changes things. And guess what's happening while we wait? Prayer is changing us. Yes. <laughs> Prayer is changing us while we wait. That's so right. like you said, you know, sometimes we have to wait. But it's during the waiting process that the prayer is changing us. Yeah. And should yeah. we be surprised when we look at that scripture back in 2 Timothy and yeah. we see that there's going to be people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, slanders, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, mm. irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power, avoid such My people. God. Are we surprised? We don't want to say that we are better than, because no. even as a Christian, yes. Our heart can lean back to these things. We yes. have to guard our hearts against those things. That's right. No, we should not be surprised. 
we have to open our eyes to what's happening right in front of us. The scripture is unfolding right in front of us. And we have to open our eyes to see it. That scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 3 is so powerful. It, 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 it's, it's, it's powerful. It's alarming. It's alerting. It's frightening. It's real. Uh, that's a power. And I want to encourage anyone listening to us now. Spend some time reading 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 13, and ask questions of that scripture. Yeah. Ask yourself, is this happening today? Hopefully you don't locate yourself in that scripture. Yes. But if you happen to locate yourself in any one of those points, ask God for forgiveness because we have to open our eyes. It's unfolding right in, right in front of us. Why did you this past Sunday bring this particular portion of scripture in light of what we've yeah. been seeing? How did God speak to your heart? What was your intention when you brought this word? Yeah. Well, I was, like everyone else, deeply concerned. I was looking at a Facebook post that my wife brought to my attention, and the person said, about that individual who um, went through the city shooting. She said, if your intention was to terrorize and frighten the city, mission accomplished, <laughs> you know. Uh, people were afraid and terrorized. And so I thought about that, and immediately the Holy Spirit reminded me that as people of God, we have to push back on this spirit of terror and fear. And as a pastor, as an under-shepherd, serving at Mount Vernon, I, I know that my people as well mm. were dealing with those thoughts and feelings. Mm. And so I just wanted to give a biblical perspective of how we should respond to this reality of fear and terror, and also how sh should we look at what's taking place right in front of us. And so in thinking and praying about those things, the Holy Spirit led me to Second Timothy, where it talks about those things you just mentioned. Yes. Uh, that we should not be surprised. And of course, Jesus uh, in Matthew chapter 24 uh, talked about the lawlessness and the love of many growing cold. And so I wanted to take those scriptures and try to unpack it in such mm. a way that it would bring a sense of encouragement, togetherness, and also a sense of inspiration. Yes. That as believers, that we are not to allow fear to grip us to a point to where we are afraid to leave our homes we're afraid to say anything you're driving down the street and it's real you're driving down the street and you just look straight ahead because you don't want to draw any unnecessary attention and cause yes. some kind of conflict yes. and so we're living in this treacherous terror and i sense that the lord is saying that as believers number one don't be surprised of this darkness god has not given us a spirit of fear yes. that we can persist in prayer that we have to keep the faith Yes. You know, don't go back on our faith and return to God. We are more than conquerors through Christ. We are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. And so it is, it is God's calling on our lives to walk in uh, victory in the midst of everything that's happening around us, that we should still have a sense of victory. Because Jesus, you know, we talk about the blood that's being shed on the streets of Memphis. And so I brought to our remembrance the blood that was shed on the Via Della Rosa oh. on the way to Calvary's cross. Somebody else shed his blood and they put nails in his hand. They put spike through his feet, spear in his side, crown on his head, and he died. 
And so as we look at the blood that's being shed, our hearts are heavy and we hate it. We have to have solutions. Absolutely. Practical solutions. We have to do some things. I'm not saying that we have to do some real things. But while we are looking at the blood that is being shed, let us not lose sight of the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. And let us draw strength. Yes. from what Jesus did for us yes. and not allow fear to grip us. Oh, Pastor, what, yes. what a word. We need to be reminded of that because yes. it's so easy to get our vision blurred yes. you know, and our spiritual eyes out of focus right. of that you know, because of these things. Right. My pastor's been talking about the two kingdoms. You know, There's mm-hmm. only two kingdoms. There's mm-hmm. two kingdoms. The, the kingdom of God, yes. and then there's a kingdom of everything else, mm. whatever you want to put under there. You That's know? right. Unbelief religious, anything. It's all under that, but there's only mm. two kingdoms. You're exactly right. I think the entire Bible is a story of two kingdoms violently opposed to one another. One of them is ruled over by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the other one is ruled over by his enemy, the devil. And every detail of our lives, every detail, there are no exceptions, every detail of our lives falls within the category of one of those two kingdoms. Yes. We're either building the kingdom of God or we're building that other kingdom. Yes. And so we have to think clearly about how we live and what we're doing, because you're exactly right, there are only two kingdoms. Now I know in this kingdom on earth, it is a temporary place, and we know the ultimate eternal kingdom is Christ our Lord. Yes. But while we're here, as you mentioned a moment ago, you said we, we've got to get our focus back on making disciples, on evangelism, you know, sharing the gospel, the good news. Right. And I know there's other practical things. In Westwood, you've been very much engaged in, in projects, city cleanups, the Westwood Community Garden. Yes. Tell me some progress. Man, What's we, happening? The Westwood Community Garden is going well. Right now, we're in the process of uh, gaining support. Uh, we just received a significant donation from TVA and uh, other community members. And uh, so we want this community garden to be something that will bless the community. Scripture says that we are the light of the world, and the light that shines furthest shines brightest at home. Yes. And so we believe that we ought to shine a very bright light right there where we are in Westwood, and that's exactly what we do. So we're trying to do a lot in the name of the Lord to shed a light on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, as we talk about the mantle that was handed to you, the legacy that was handed since 1956, Pastor Netter's was at the helm of Mount Vernon. Yes. He poured into you yes. and as he poured into his congregation. My goodness. Those last days yeah. when uh, before he transitioned uh, mm-hmm. to be with Jesus, mm-hmm. what were some of those moments? What are some of the things he said to you? How did he encourage you? Um, what did he leave you with? Pastor Nez left me with a lot. Man, that's a good question, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. But um, Pastor Nez, uh, during those uh, last uh, few conversations that we had, they were very profound. We talked about a lot of things, but let me just focus on the ministry aspect of it. Yes. That he was proud of what we were doing and that we should continue in the direction that we were going to lift the community and to uh, evangelize and to share the gospel. But it's not only those last moments, but it's the whole body of time that we shared together. I served as Passionetters in, in one way or another, his assistant since 2003. So we spent a lot of time together. And yes, he did pour a lot into me. I always used to say and still say that I was one of the most blessed men, preachers on the planet, to have an opportunity to mentor with such a man of God as Dr. Netters. And uh, the times that we spent were just 
life-changing and profound. And I'm beginning to see now, you know, oftentimes when parents and grandparents talk to you, you just <laughs> – you're just getting it, you yes, know. Yeah. And then later on, you say, oh, now I see what yes. you now, now, yes. now. So I'm yeah. beginning to see now a lot of what uh, Dr. Netta shared to me and with me. I'm beginning to see how profound it was and how necessary it was that he uh, shared those things with me. And thank you for asking me that. But I apologize if I wasn't. No, no, I no. can't answer it like no. you want me to because well, that's a— that's a tender, uh, place, tender, in place, tender yes. place in my heart, and I think yes. uh, in some way I may have it kind of guarded up as a precious jewel to all those memories, and one day I'm going to open it up and maybe write about it, you know, and share some of those things that he uh, shared with me. Yes. Well, I know that uh, there was uh, such a father-son relationship, but it wasn't just a father-son. It was deeply spiritual, and I know you looked up to him so much. A lot. And, and, and really the— Oh, my goodness, the, the history associated with him in our city and the gospel of Christ, the lives that have been reached through the years, mm. and the ministry continues. That's the thing about the gospel. Yeah. You and I one day are going to leave this earth. That's right. But God's kingdom, God's yes. word continues. Yes. God's word continues. This thing keeps right on going. We did a great, in my assessment, we did a great transition, and I think more churches ought to uh, – Think about that, how we did it. Yeah. Another Berean Baptist Church, for example, did a wonderful job. Pastor William Smith over there, who is following Pastor uh, Ed Parker, yeah. did a great transition. Mount Vernon did a great transition. And I think that that's very, very wise for congregations to know, like you said, it's not going to stop with one person. No. That it continues. Yes. But we do want the legacy and the power and the integrity of the church to continue. Yes. And so that's why these transition programs and yes. ministries are important. Jesus has succession on his mind, chose those disciples. That's right. He had lots of disciples. Some people think he only had 12. He had 12. That scripture talks about three out of that, 72. He had lots, lots, a lot of followers, but he had succession on his mind. He knew that his time was limited and he was going back to the Father. And so he did a wonderful job, the best job. Nobody can even compare to how Amen. Christ prepared the church after he left because yeah. here we are thousands of years later yes and we're still doing the work of ministry that he showed us in the word of God. unto him who is most worthy yes of what he's done for us and that's right pastor god bless you my friend this has been too long we're gonna have to get back together on a regular basis i just love the chemistry we're here. gonna have to get back together <laughs> man i mean we're gonna have to get back together let's let's get back together before we get back together on the radio i want to take you to lunch somewhere i want i want to take you to Payne's barbecue I want to take you to Muggin Coffee. It's okay. in Whitehaven. Okay, let's go. I want to take you to my favorite place, Piccadilly. I love Piccadilly. Right. Okay, so we're going to have to do that first. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> okay. do it. Four-way. Four-way grill. Oh, my Come goodness. Four-way. Yes, yeah, Miss Patrice over there, she knows how to cook my it up. My God, yes, she does. Yes, she does. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, if somebody wants to know more about the ministry of Mount Vernon, yeah. what's the best way to do that? best way to do that is go to our website, mt-vernon.org, mt-vernon.org. We're on social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube. Of course, you can call the church, 901-785-1612. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Well, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I appreciate you stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.